five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That was uh, that was Shriekback, Nemesis, and you know what? That song actually kind of fits for the theme of today's show, and um, we're going to be exploring the concept of the hive mind, and especially as it relates to yesterday's show. Boy, I got a lot of cats here today. You got Jasper checking in early. He was here early. And then guess who else is coming? Mrs. Miracle. The amazing Rosie is here to join us. Rosie, you coming up? You're going to come up? You're going gonna to hustle space with Jasper here? Is that your plan? You coming up here? Well, it's right there. Go do it. Go do it. You can do it. You've got you've got big legs, strong legs, you know. What an amazing story with Rosie. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. You know, this kind of gets into part of the theme for today's show. Because come on over here. You're gonna do it. Because one of the reasons why Rosie is actually able to come up onto the to the desk here today. Look at her. She's competing for space. Screen time. Look at this. Wow. Yeah, I know. The reason she's able to be here is because uh, she's been on this Rife machine for about three weeks now. And uh, you thanking Dr. Joan? Is that what you're doing? You thanking Dr. Joan for the Rife machine? Uh, there's this Rife machine. I got to tell you, it's the real fucking deal. You know, when you use a, like an alternative technology or something like that, you sometimes it's hard to gauge how efficacious it is. In this case, we're kind of seeing something happen in real time. Not even kind of. This is a real time event because after I got back from the whole spring break thing, uh, she was a mess. She was skinny. She was, you know, laboring <clears throat> with her breathing. Like I was really concerned, which is why I took her to the vet. And I got her to the vet, put her on an x-ray machine. She's got a massive tumor in her lung. I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is problematic. And I was really, really upset and very sad, as you could all well imagine, because, you know, a number of you have pets or have had pets and you know when they get sick and when they die it's a big deal it's like you know losing a member of your family so 
I went through about a, a week's worth of mourning, which was very intense. Like I couldn't stop crying, actually. Sometimes when I would talk about her during the show, I'd have to really hold back my tears. And then um, I asked the good doctor, hey, what do you think? Should we, should we run the uh, Rife machine on her? So she said, yeah, let's bring it over. So started running the Rife machine and lo and behold, that's about three weeks ago. Her breathing is better. That's number one, good breathing. Uh, she, she had stopped grooming. This is the story, which you've heard. She'd stopped grooming. Um, she was not grooming Jasper. She's been a big, she's Jasper's stylist. She's been Jasper's stylist for the last 10 years. So a lot of Jasper's look, you can attribute to Rosie. Then she started to groom herself. Her appetite came back. Um, she started to groom Jasper. She's, she's up here now, right? So I don't know where this is headed, but we're going to continue to run these Rife programs and we'll uh, see where we are in about three weeks, maybe three or four weeks. If she's like continuing to, you know, be on this upward arc, I might take her back to the vet and get another chest um, lung x-ray just to see where she is with it. I mean, if it's gone down, then, you know, through the intercession of God's goodwill, your prayers and the technology of the Rife machine, I mean, this could be a real, you know, real medical miracle here. So anyway, I'm happy. And the other thing too, which is interesting is that my emotional state has changed. And maybe it's because I see her and she reflects kind of the older version of Rosie. And maybe, maybe that's why I don't have the same kind of grief that I've been, I was experiencing. Anyway, it's, it's a, it's kind of a marvel to witness in a lot of ways. So it kind of gets us into our show a little bit because topically we're going to, we're going to go down the alternative health rabbit hole and the, the hive mind that exists in the world today. It's permeating our world. And not in a good way, by the way. And that song, Nemesis, kind of speaks to the this idea of the hive mind and, and to some degree of decadence and disorder. Uh, we're going to have Chris Lynch, Christopher Lynch. He's going to be on the top of the hour. I should actually send him an invite. Let me do that right now. And I'm going to jump into... Uh, Chatlandia here in a second. Let me see if I can find his email address. All right, we got got a lot of Chris's there, but not the one I'm looking for. Not not Sasha Claire Christie. That's a person I haven't heard from in a while. Uh, let's see. Let's delete this. Don't save. Give me one second. I got to tee this up. How is everybody today? Are you are you surfing through the apocalypse? I know I sure am. All right, where are we? Okay. Now we want this browser 
we want this person And we're gonna jump back into today's show. Just one second. Okay, there it is. There we go. And uh, let's uh, let's invite Chris. We'll see him at the top of the hour. So it looks like uh, Jasper's left you uh, as the sole survivor up here, huh, Rosie? There we go. All right. And done. Okay, so we'll see Chris at the top of the hour. Let me, uh, let me check in with y'all, as they say down here. Down here in these parts. Let's see. Who do we have here? We have. We got Empath. What's going on? Resistance is futile. Kelly B's in the house. JJ Rain the Blonde. Thomas Jordan. What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Wendy says, the beautiful Wendy says herself. There's Tamara Kabuki Theater. Chris and Steve. We all bask in your sunshine. I know Wendy is like, she's like the solar battery here. She's the solar charger of Chartaria. God bless you. Uh, let's see who else we have. There's Fran, a.k.a. C.C. Jones. There's my man, Ryan. And uh, who else do we have? Miss Nakia. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Scrubbies, Tamara's here. Let's see. We caught her coming in the front door. Uh, Beth Berry, what's going on, Double B? Hucklebuck 411, checking in. And da, 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 anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Arlene Vega. Welcome, Arlene. Nicholas Grimm, what's going on, Nicholas? He's about to go kayaking on the Mississippi. Wow, that is cool. Have a great time with, with your dad. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Sony, que pasa, Sony? Renee, hello, Renee. We're almost up to speed here. Tondar, hey. Hope your hope your little one is doing well, more than well. Queen Lisa, she's here representing from the great white north when i say great white i'm implying snow not like the great white nationalist nazi nation of the north uh let's see who else do we have oh maurice is here i was thinking about you the other day maurice good to see you okay i think we have our greetings in uh in the uh, in the books here and if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening and contributing your attention and your, your presence as uh, 
remote as it may be. And if you feel like you want to be here live at 9-11 Central Daylight Time, you can come to 15minutesofflame.com, check in on the chat, chataria. Uh, I've been putting the shows up on Rumble. So I started off on Rumble with, it wasn't a channel, it was a page. It was very hard to find my shows, although some people found them. And I've had some shows with a couple thousand views. I've had other shows with like five or 10. I, it makes no sense to me. So I decided that I was going to make a 15 Minutes of Flame channel. So I do have a 15 Minutes of Flame channel over on Rumble. I do post almost all the shows over there. In fact, I post them now on both channels, the non-channel and the channel, which is not a bad thing. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm gonna try to check it out today. I do have a channel on BoxCast and there is a BoxCast widget on Roku. So theoretically, because every day now I program my show to be on the 15 Minutes of Flame channel on BoxCast. So theoretically, if you have a Roku device and you go in and you want to add a channel, there is a BoxCast channel. You can add it and then I can, I'll, uh, I'll appear on your TV screen on Roku magically. How about that? So we got all that happening and we have a, um, a miracle cat and it's a miracle day to be alive as we navigate or circumnavigate through the black pill universe where everything has been inverted for your surreal and obscene pleasure. Uh, at the top of the um, website, I do have the link for Chris's hemp products, uh, which is uh, True Hemp Science. And he's gonna come on today and he's gonna talk about, he's gonna talk about his product, but he's also gonna talk about how he was doxxed and targeted by cancel culture. We're gonna get into that because that's kind of a big theme now, right? The whole Taylor Lorenz thing, uh, libs of TikTok. You know, it's interesting about this whole exposure where back in the day, like that was verboten. It was totally verboten. Like you didn't do that. You didn't, you, you didn't expose people by where they lived. And essentially, because we live in such a heated and polarized environment that you, you know, basically are sending out the message to people go forth and bring the chaos, right? That's really what you're doing. And that never happened before. And all of a sudden it became sanctified. So it's this version, you know, back in the old um, USSR in China, they'd have these show trials and they'd bring people out, they'd run them out. And, you know, by the time they'd run them out there, they tortured the fuck out of them. And they had gotten them to admit to all of these crimes and, uh, trespasses against the state, even though they didn't do anything. And then they'd run them out there and then they would admit to all these things that they had done, right? And then what would happen is that uh, once they had done that, they would either execute them or ship them off into some severely hard labor camp where they would be re-educated 
And, and what we're seeing now with the internet are these, for all intents and purposes, show trials. Now, remember that video I played yesterday? Remember that video? I'm gonna play that video again because I think that that video from the outer limits is an absolute bullseye for where we are right now. Absolute bullseye. I'm gonna play it one more time because I played it at the top of the show and some of you may not have seen it. And some of you may have seen it, but thought, wow, this is weird or whatever, right? I'm gonna play this again. And I tell you what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play the four minute and 57 second. Uh, it's the opener for Obit. And it gives you kind of this idea about where this thing, this technology, which is essentially a technology that spies on people. It spies on them in terms of what they're, not only with what they're doing on a daily basis, but it gets into their thoughts as well. So let me play this. This is the four minute and 57 second opener. And then I think what I might do is I might play the climax where the guy, the scientist who has invented Obit gets taken over by the alien that theoretically has created the technology. And the technology is to harvest the hive mind, to harvest the hive mind. But in order to harvest the hive mind, you have to create the hive mind. So let's get into this a little bit. And uh, I think it's a, uh, this will give you some context as to what the, what the end of that episode is talking about. Here we go. This machine can pick up people anywhere, anytime, through steel or concrete walls. Well, the uh, density of the surrounding has no appreciable effect on reception. What do you call it? OBIT, or OBIT. Actually, uh, those are initials for outer band individuated teletracer. How does it work? Well, you see, um, every living organism is a, a transmitter operating 24 hours a day, and that, of course, is true of human beings, too, uh, awake or asleep, active or passive. We are, each of us, constantly sending out our particular brain waves, heart sounds, respiratory rhythms, and, uh, well, like fingerprints. You know, two human patterns are... Uh, like. Well, now, do you mean to tell me that you can pick up anyone's signal at will? Yes, it's like a, a push-button radio. You see, <clears throat> once we have an individual tuned in and have their particular wavelengths, it's simply a matter of uh, hitting the right buttons and bring them in. Who is that? That's, um... Ed Wilson, one of the draftsmen at Cypress Hills, he, he's in Washington on a particular project. I knew his wavelength code. Suppose you didn't. Well, I could still uh, bring him in on this location finder. 
You see, this dial tells us where we're picking up our transmission from. It's like a short wave receiver that says uh, London, Moscow, Washington, Bangkok. Uh, I can turn this dial to a given location and pick up signals from the various persons there. And you can do this anywhere on Earth? Oh, we're limited to a 500-mile radius now, but we're working to extend that limit. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Lomax, that this machine, in large part, was responsible for the faltering morale at the research center? Well, nobody at the center was aware of Obit's existence. Dr. Fletcher was pulled in for questioning on the basis of the information you received on this machine. No doubt others were questioned. People with nothing to hide, have nothing to fear from Obit. Where have you heard that before? Are you that perfect, Mr. Lomax? Well, I'd hate to have that thing trained on me when I was cussing out fellow senators or the President of the United States or my former law partner to say nothing of my wife. That'll be all, Mr. Lomax. Oh, just a moment. Are you the inventor of Obit? Oh, no, Senator. I was assigned to operate it and tabulate statistics. And by whom? Well, the Defense Department. Thank you. Nice Senator Rover, will you please take the chair? Why weren't the American people notified of the existence of this equipment? Well, let me say that the intelligence community must, of necessity, employ many secret devices. And who authorized its acceptance and purchase? Well, the head of G2 signed the papers. But, of course, hundreds of items cross his desk daily, and I'm certain he never got a proper picture of this machine any more than I did. He merely signed the papers. Well, now, who wrote the papers that the head of G2 merely signed? We haven't been able to find him. Who manufactures it? The company has since gone out of business. Colonel Adger game. And if your department is knowingly concealing information from the senatorial investigation... I assure you, Senator, we're as much in the dark as you are. Colonel, I want every available record on that machine, and I want them quickly. Is that clear? That will be all, Colonel. Call Mrs. Clifford Scott. Okay, so that's the end of the clip. Now, that sets the... the framework for the rest of this episode because they're they're trying he's trying to understand what this machine does and where it came from and essentially what this machine is is to some degree um a projection into the future around the internet because now did you hear that one line if you have nothing to hide why would you feel threatened by something like this. Where have we heard that before? It, right? I mean, that is the phrase that has conditioned people to be able to accept this idea of transparency on the internet, which is 
It's the end of privacy. So when the internet came into play, it was the end of privacy and the beginning of anonymity, right? They swapped out privacy for anonymity, but you're not really anonymous on the internet. Number one, there is very sophisticated technology that's recording everything, including this stream right now. Yes, believe it or not, it's happening. So there's that, they're recording your phone calls, your, your emails, they're all being essentially watched, okay? And there is a record of not everything, but if you've done something and it's on your record or it's in public, people can find it. And that gets us into the whole lives of TikTok world because that's what they did. They, if I'm not mistaken, being the uh, Washington Post, hired a company from Germany to drill down into, into various accounts for Libs of TikTok, including the account that Libs of TikTok is associated with, with Twitter. So they're able to find the woman. She's a woman, lives in Brooklyn. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, she's probably Jewish, right? So it's crazy because sometimes we've seen this with the neocons, you know, with, with you know, the Jewish community, you can find like extreme hardcore, like neocon Zionists. I'm not saying that she's one of them. I'm not even saying she, but I think she is Jewish. She lives in Brooklyn. And then you have on the other end of the spectrum, the hardcore, you know, neoliberal, you know, proto-Marxist mindset. And then you have a bunch of non-observant gray area in the middle, but will always defer to, you know, their, their, uh, their group, right? Their group, their community, their family, their tribe, right? So they have they have it. They have a default, unless of course, you know, you're like my friend Lawrence or Bobby Fisher, and like you're like, oh, okay, wow, yeah, this is kind of crazy. You know, maybe I should you know revisit my relationship with. Them. And by the way, I I encourage everybody to revisit their relationship with anything that they have put their full faith and credit into. You know, if you've been a devout Catholic all your life and you've never, ever, ever at any time taken a good hard look at the Pope or the Popes, where you have taken a good hard look at Catholic priests, which, by the way, a lot of those priests were sent in there to infiltrate and do what they did. Right. Nonetheless, the institution itself allowed that to happen. So if you're not doing that, then you're you're kind of falling asleep on the job in terms of your, your own due diligence with the things that you believe in, invest in, and look to for spiritual moral guidance. Christianity has its own version. Don't even get me started on these fucking mega churches, right? And even if you're like a Muslim, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, why do women not get to drive? And, you know, there, and, and the inconsistencies, by the way, which exist even in the Muslim faith. You think that the that the sheiks of Saudi Arabia run around every day playing by the Muslim rules? I don't think so. Right. Rules for thee, but not for me. So I'm not just here to single out like one group, although this particular group that I that I single out from time to time um, is a very powerful and influential group. See you later, Rosie. Rosie didn't want to get doxxed because of that last, uh, last bit of commentary. Okay, so I'm going to play the next clip here. And this is 
the doctor, Dr. Lomax, being possessed by the alien at the end of that Outer Limits episode. And he's talking, the alien is talking through him. So you have to, you have to so what happens is eventually they get in touch with this alien. And the, it's the alien that created the technology so that the alien could use the technology for a very specific purpose. And that was to demoralize people and to split them and to polarize them. It's, it, I'm telling you, it is one of the most prescient pieces in television history. So let me play you the, um, the end here where Lomax loses his shit. All right, here we go. And I, I love, I love the lighting here, right? I love how he walks into the frame. It's kind of filmed more. It's um, science fiction and surreal. It is really fucking cool. Here we go. All right, listen to what he has to say. Look at the light up there. You know what that looks like? It looks like a honeycomb. And that also plays, the hive mind plays a, a, a very significant role in another Outer Limits episode called The Inheritors, which maybe if I have time, I'll talk about. Let's focus on this one. The machines are everywhere. Oh, you will fight them all, you're people. And you'll make a great sound of smashing a few of them. But for everyone you destroy, hundreds of others will be built. And they'll demoralize you, break your spirits, create such rifts and tensions in your society that no one will be able to repair them. Do you hear that? Do you see that? Create such great rifts and tensions in your society that no one will be able to repair them. That's where we are right now. Social media and the cell phone primarily, but not exclusively, has helped to create such great rifts and tensions in our society. And I don't believe they're repairable. And when, when we bring Chris on it at the top of the hour, we're going to really go down this rabbit hole. Oh, hold on a second. Let me just, uh, he sent me this text. Uh, let me play this and I'll reply to him. All right. Okay, so here we go. Let's play this again. Oh, you're a savage. Despairing. And when we come here to live, you friendless, demoralized flotsam will fall without even a single shot being fired. By the way, that's also a metaphor for communism, right? Because he's talking about demoralization. This is Yuri Bezmenov 101. Demoralization, fear, the loss of friendship, and family and community. What have we seen over the past two years? This absolute fragmentation of our world. And the cell phone and social media has played a huge role. All right, let's keep going. Senator and 
So there you go. That is the beginning of, of oh, that's the end of Obit. And uh, let, me, let me send Chris the link one more time, just in case. Let me do that. Just so we have him on the show. I wanna make sure that gets all the info. And let's send it out through text format here. There we go. Okay. So we'll be on here at the top of the hour. Um, so what they've done is they've created this hive mind and they've created it through social media. I also believe if you go back and watch yesterday's show that whatever has become injectable into our bodies has also been a technology that's part of the hive mind. That's the only way I can rationalize this, right? Through the, through the development of internal technologies. And by the way, we don't fully know what's in vaccines. We don't. We've also been bombarded with aerosol spraying, right? Geoengineering, hardcore since the mid nineties. We have fluoride in the water. We have been absolutely mutated and engineered chemically, electronically, and socially engineered by design. And we're seeing we're seeing the rotten fruits of that in our society right now with this whole idea of doxing and going after people and using the same technology that we connect with to dig beneath the surface, find things in the past of certain people, where they live. All that information is out there, especially if you're good at finding it. And in some instances, some people will get help around the information, right? And then they turn the, the locust loose. And then they go after your livelihood, your privacy, your private life, your professional standing. One of the phrases we use is cancel culture. And um, I think that's kind of a benign term, actually. All right. So why don't we bring Chris in? Chris is the owner of... Um, True, tr true hemp science. We'll talk a little bit about his uh, his product as well, which you can order through the website. So we are going to talk about his experience around being doxxed because of his relationship with Crow Triple Seven and offering his product for sale there. Is Crow Triple Seven a fascist? I don't think so. 
Let's bring Chris on. Hey, Chris, are you there? Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, can you see me? Okay, I see a microphone. Uh, usually when you see the microphone, then uh, I can hear you. I just heard a little click. There you are. Hey, what's going on, my man? Good, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, setting the stage for your appearance here. Awesome. <laughs> you're, you're looking good, man. Thank you. Yeah, looking trim, fighting yeah. form, fighting form. A lot uh, of CBD. So let's uh, let's talk just a little bit about you. And I know I know you know a fair bit about your background, but uh, why don't you tell people how you discovered CBD, why you got into it, and, you know, ultimately why you think it's a real benefit for people's lives. Yeah. So uh, I was working in San Francisco and bought a place in Northern California in late 99 and uh, was getting into growing cannabis for patients. And uh, I thought this was going to be the best thing ever, you know, uh, and I discovered that instead of helping promote consciousness or people becoming more conscious, I had I was actually contributing to making people unconscious. And that the cannabis had essentially kind of been weaponized. Um, Hold on and, a second. I mean, there are benefits. Would you say weaponized? This is an important fact, which and I and I agree with you. Did they change the nature of the cannabis? Right. You yep. want to get it? You want to get into that a little bit? Yeah. Well, what happened was we had been importing, we had been working with these people in Amsterdam who were, you know, basically at the cutting edge of the seed uh, components. And we, and what happened is in the late 90s, we started to bring back a bunch of these. And around 2002, there became super high yielding or high, high quality uh, THC cannabis, but there was something different about it. It was no longer these heirloom strains. And it, uh, and that's also when it just, it, you were so amped on it that you couldn't, uh, it just, it, it, I, we think that there's, there's something, some, some phenotypes, there's some stuff missing and nobody I know, but a couple of people who grow for us, like the fellow who does number 19 for us, he even talks about it. He's like, that's why it's heirloom hemp or Panama red heirloom seeds. So there's something that became missing from it. And last point though, is in the late nineties, we discovered that, or I didn't, but these people in, in, in Amsterdam were telling me, they're like, the consciousness of the grower goes into the cannabis. And at first I was just like, that's complete horse shit. And then they gave me samples. And one was like, you were flying past planets, super expansive, beautiful. And the other was like cringe rock or, you know, it was very, very intense. And, and they, they were saying, hey, these are the same strain, just grown at different locations. Interesting. Well, that makes a lot of sense. 
So you you figured out that they were they had now infiltrated this, um, and I and I think cannabis is is a medicine. That's that's what I think of cannabis. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the legalization of it. I mean, if you can grow it, you know, in your home, that's fine. The commercialization of it is, I think, you know, it's a it's a bad move as far as I'm concerned, because now you have these corporations getting into it and. You know, you've seen in California where you get all these growers are like, oh, great. Now we, we get to become legal. Well, those guys were forced out, right? They can't do their thing anymore. And I've heard horror stories about, you know, them having to getting letters from the state. Like you've got 60 days to put, get this land back to where it was before you started growing. And if it's not, you're going to get fined $10,000 a day. Oh, they'll do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't really benefit the entrepreneur at all. It was really a move for the, you know, cannabis cartel. Right. So, Correct. so you, you decided, okay, not for me. And then eventually it led you to CBD, right? Yes. Well, one of the things is I, um, I did notice exact kind of what you're talking about when it became legal, I was living in the middle of the forest, you know, so, so we would, you know, we were way back in there and it was all country life. And I noticed that, something you know people were different and then when when i lived in oregon and it became legal i you could see a serious drop in performance and uh in general in town there was a malaise and that lasted years and i just think you drop too many bits on high high thc uh cannabis so uh a buddy of mine got uh, sick in like 2014 and i'm in the hospital and for real like CBD just flashed and he looked dead, but it was like a screen. And so I mechanically got up and, and th then I, I, you know, I just went and looked at some stuff and back then it was $200 a gram. And I realized that you're just taking one gram is not the key. You know, cannabis can help uh, restore balance to the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. And uh, so I called a buddy of mine and they just sent me this huge jar and that's how I got back in the business. And I've started to see, you know, with just, you know, these friends and stuff, it just made this huge difference. And so then we started doing markets and now we're back to where we are. Right. So let's talk a, a little bit about the CBD that you produce. Mm -hmm. So is it grown here in Texas? I don't have, we're working on uh, some relationships with farmers here. Texas, all places kind of grow different cannabis and slightly unique stuff. And Texas, I'm sure will once it, I can find somebody that I can work with. Um, the, uh, you know, like there's something that happens at altitude. Cannabis is slightly, the UV, when you grow it in Colorado, has a certain effect. Same thing with the microclimates of Northern California, Southern Oregon. And, you know, we source from Oregon, uh, Colorado, Wisconsin, uh, Connecticut, Virginia, and probably a Kentucky too. Kentucky got really big into hemp, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. It's beautiful up there in great soil. So it's, uh, and there are the microclimates there. And basically I sourced, I like certain machines. 
So I would research the machine and then I would call the manufacturer and they would give me like a list of 10 people who had it in the US. And I would go, that's how I kind of do it is I'll go around or I'll find a farmer and then I'll buy their stuff and send it to somebody with one of those machines. So you've, you've been very selective about the type of cannabis that you're using, number one, and you've been very selective about the machines that process it. So there's been a lot of forethought that's gone into this, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we 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 like every farm, every extraction, and even the same machine run by a different person is going to net you a different product. It's an art form. This is not you can homogenize CBD, and the big people kind of may have to because they can't they can't take time to explain it, or you know, um, I I don't know you know like Charlotte's Web, some of the bigger brands some stuff has happened to them where it used to, you get uh, stories of it working and then it no longer works or something. And maybe that's due to the manufacturing and the homogenization of the product. Right. It's something that you have to stay on top of, uh, you know, all the time, right? You have to monitor the quality control and make sure that it's consistent. And that in and of itself is a pretty, um, arduous task right because if you just fall asleep at the wheel you know all of a sudden your product isn't the same it's not working in the same way for people so oversight is a big part of what you do right yeah yes and so that's also why we number them so it's not the best situation but each each of our products is numbered so that you know oh this comes from every time you buy 19 it's from a buddy of mine whose farm is in Southern Oregon, it's made by these same people. So if something changes, I'll have to make a different number. And then what we do that's slightly unique is a lot of our cannabinoids are raw, unheated. And that we see super high efficacy with raw cannabinoids. Somehow, I think, you know, by patent, CBD is an antioxidant. So it's a powerful, powerful antioxidant. And but the thing is, antioxidants don't work overnight, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they it has an effect on, uh, you know, it'll it'll work for pain and mood immediately. But seven days, seven to 10 days inflammation and then usually like 35, 45 days, you'll see your low lowered blood sugar levels. But there's tons of other stuff that comes online. Possibly blood pressure gets lowered. Um, cholesterol, we often see come down tons of stuff. Right. So. That's interesting, just in terms of the, the the benefits of consistent use of CBD. Now, your CBD is pretty pungent, right? And that's because it's raw. You're not processing and doing a lot of crap to it. You're trying to get to the essence of, of the thing that you're ingesting, right? Right. And we boost it with, you know, we kind of enhance the terpenes and that's part of the pungent, the aromatic or the flavor part of the plant. Those are terpenes. And in my opinion, it's 40% of the benefit. So the cannabinoids, that's what, you know, the, these, the entourage effect or that big study in the nineties where they talk about CBD in and of itself is 10 to 15% as effective as whole plant extracts. It's not, that's what makes it so hard for pharma because for pharma to own it, they have to uh, take out certain components and say, oh, wait, it's CBD that's the benefit. 
it's actually not CBD. It's CBD. You want a little bit of THC, tiny bit of THC, tiny bit of other minor cannabinoids and these flavonoids, these terpene profiles, all of it goes into the mix, which makes a highly effective product. Yeah, you have CBD for humans and you have CBD for animals too. Um, yeah. In fact, I think one of, uh, one of our viewers has bought a couple of animal products. Can you talk about CBD for animals and you know, why it would be good for them and, and uh, healthy for them? Yeah, well, I, all, all mammals have an endocannabinoid system and that is the largest system in the body. It's larger than the central nervous system they now know. And we, uh, mammals make, so far they know maybe 120, maybe more, uh, you know, but roughly 120 components that are identical to what the hemp plant makes. And it's so varied that um, that's what helps bring balance. So what it does for animals, just like humans, is reduces anxiety. It will help with sleep, but it also, the main thing is reduces inflammation. So I wonder if Jasper is actually, is he, uh, we, the, the pet stuff is dosing, right? Because you, you, since you can regulate your own level of, uh, your, your own state, but, um, for pets, it's usually one to three milligrams per 10 pounds body weights. And cats mm -hmm. is usually, I mean, some cats take more, but I usually do like one milligram per 10 pounds. And so our pet stuff is dosed one milligram per drop. Interesting. So you, you have an actual scale for pets in terms of application, like, like pound size. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all we, it's usually one to three milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight. And so okay. if you have a 50 pound dog, it's usually somewhere around 10, eight to 12 milligrams is typical. That is true hemp science, Chris. Thank you. So do you place it in the water or do you give the drops directly? Or is we it tell you just put it on like a liver treat or something. Uh, they uh -huh. don't, you know, the oil and water doesn't mix. You can put it on their food. Sometimes mm -hmm. we just put it on our finger and wipe it on their nose or something. Mm -hmm. Some of them really like it and some of them pretend like they don't like it, but they do like the effects. And pets who come into the shop, they, uh, they'll, at first, they may have anxiety, but then later, it's just trippy, man. They really like the place. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, so you have a storefront, right? We do. Okay. We do. We're at 505 West Mary Street in Austin, Texas, at uh, right by the Soup Peddler across the street from Bolden Creek. We're working on some signs. Um, we just uh, finished... Uh, a application for Austin's best CBD purveyor. So keep our fingers crossed, knock on wood. So, so when will that, when will you know who won that contest? End of the month. End, End of, of the, the month. month. Okay. Yeah. And the voting is over. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I could have dispatched the, uh, the, the I know that would have been great. I didn't think of that. Right. Um, so this leads us really to the topic that we're going to get into right now, which is, how you were doxxed, and, and I'm not going to name any names, but apparently connected to another CBD business in Austin. Is that correct? It's possible. Uh, we can't, I, I just wonder who would dox us, but I just think it's uh, ironic that 
the uh, somebody sent us this. We we don't keep that much up on social media, but Austin Company True Hemp Science straight up sponsoring anti-Semitic conspiracy podcasts. Let let me. I have the the uh, the email you sent me. Let me get into some of these comments because people are not aware of how alternative health is being viewed here. So let me read some of these comments. Um, so this is in response to you having a link up with Crow Triple Seven, right? Um, I don't know. I think it's in response to uh, Wiley. Um, so we do a couple of podcasts and it's really just people that I've met and I like, like yourself. I mean, I, I've been your client since probably at least 2014, 15, yeah, at I least. think so. I think 14 or 15. Yep. Yeah. And um, I like just, I, I look at this as my chance to give back to people who have really good articulations. Like you have a really good articulation. We um, sponsor um, Crow triple seven. We sponsor uh, Monica Perez um, and the propaganda report macroaggressions, like people that have integrity in what they do. And so, you know. Well, let's get into this. It says, laugh out loud, looking at that list of sponsors seems perfect for people who would like that podcast. Apparently, there is an ad targeting cohort of gullible people who believe any pseudoscientific bullshit. So this is a community that I would assume and infer would be pro-vax because they have their own version of what science is, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first comment. Uh, let's see. Next comment, the emergency preparedness kits in particular seem to be an especially good indicator that what you're about to hear is going to be some wild shit. Now, is that a relationship to your product or something else with the show? Oh, uh, I, if they're talking about Charlie of macroaggressions, you know, Charlie's got, have you ever listened to his voice? He's got a great voice. He's always super uh, calm and he talks about some gnarly stuff, you know? Right. And I think he's got a very balanced perspective. He's not Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones has his own, uh, you know, articulation. And a lot of it sounds like you can find evidence that what he's saying is true. Whether you like his delivery, that's another thing. So I really appreciated uh, Charlie's delivery. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think that that's what they're talking about in there. So now they're getting into targeting. This comment, this is from a Reddit thread. They apparently have their own shop on Mary Street. After reading through their website, I feel like I just listened to a Rogan podcast. Lots of pseudoscience babble, a hint of MLM, thro MLM thrown in for good measure. That's hilarious. What the fuck are they talking about? I, I mean, we have no pseudoscience babble on our on our website. We are on the we are uh, hemp advisors to the Medical Wellness Association. It's a professional association of eighty seven hundred doctors, some of the most noted health professionals in the industry, they do not cater to alternative views. They cater, you know, their clients are, they probably have, enough, they probably have the whole range of clients. I know they've worked with Pfizer. I know they've worked with tons of other companies. 
But their main thing, it's an organization of doctors where doctors end up providing information to other doctors and they verify. Sometimes they verify certain products. And I got to meet the guy who runs the website, former professional uh, at, uh, I think he used to be at Herman Hospital. And, you know, a, a great guy. And he's been taking our products and he was just blown away. So. So this next comment was the one that really grabbed me along with the next comment I'll, I'll read, which is the last comment, which I thought was um, sad, bordering on tragic. Okay, so here's the comment that I think underscores how the, so I don't, I don't, even, I don't know if I want to even call these people the left. I don't know what they are. Uh, you know, they're like the village of the damned or something. You know, they're like they're like the children at the end of um, uh, the Arthur C. Clarke novel, Childhood's End, right? Who basically create a scorched earth policy on the planet, mm -hmm. right? So they, they and again, it, it, because they they have, and I'm assuming that most of them have Pluto and Scorpio, and that they would have this uh, millennial marker, you know, in their astrology. Pluto and Scorpio is the first outer planet that takes people into a collective mindset, right? Once you get into Scorpio, you are in the transpersonal zone of astrology. So any group that's born past Pluto and Scorpio on, right now we're into Pluto and Capricorn, these are all groups of people who have more of a collective versus an individual soul, right? So when you get into Scorpio, you get into things like obsession. You get into like burning shit down, right? When we saw what happened in 2020 with the burning of American cities, that was really Scorpionic, right? Because the idea is that the Phoenix would rise out of the ashes of the flames and the statues getting taken down. Like that's a big time millennial moment. So let me get into this next uh, comment here. This tracks with a hemp company the wellness, natural living plus white supremacy pipeline is real. Now, do only white people take CBD? Uh, we have, you know, uh, so one of the guys who works for us, I'm pretty sure is Jewish. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's even said that because I mentioned this to him. He goes, oh, I'm Jewish. And the other guy's black. So uh, more than just, white people take CBD. I think any human with an endocannabinoid system would take it if right. they're smart. <laughs> so let me, let me continue this, uh, this comment. The same folks who idolize excessive natural living as a form of othering. Othering? Okay. And being better than those who don't live the same lifestyles. Now, I will say this about that comment. I did experience that in Marin County. Like when I was in Marin County, in the mid 2000s, 2010, 2011, right around then. Like I'd always been around Marin County most of my life. But at, at that specific time, my experience was that there was this connection with wellness and elitism. I did experience that, but it was very rarefied and it was in a, it was in a bubble. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I would look at these people, like, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of, casting a lot of judgment and aspersion on people who don't uh, 
live and celebrate the same lifestyle you do. It's kind of turned me off. So I think there's some truth to this, but I think it's so blown out of proportion that it, it's almost a, a cliche here. Let, let me keep reading. Um, are many of those that turned anti-vax and anti-mask, they turned anti-vax and maybe they were already anti-vax and anti-mask. This goes on to say it also becomes an extension of a purity culture in diet and practices. No toxins, not natural. We don't know what's in it. Take your vitamins, my immune system, wellness self-care that appropriates from other cultures while whitewashing it and stripping its spirituality and meaning for the sake of commodification. And that stripped down, whitewashed, pure cleansed of originating meaning version is then sold by supremacists to other supremacists. These same people rarely considering the actual culture they're stealing from or how socioeconomic and cultural identities may make someone less likely to adopt the practices that they find pure and the most correct. Then all this easily funnels into the expansion of that paranoia superiority complex and those conspiracy theories to looking for the boogeyman which in those circles ends up being the Jews or the deep state, which are also the Jews in their minds. Also, blah, 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 not all. But if folks are overly offended by the concept, then yes, them. That's a mouthful, right? So he starts off by saying, okay, the whole wellness, natural living thing is connected to white supremacy. If you decide that you want to live a cleaner life, eliminating toxins, living a more natural lifestyle. The subtext is that you're trying to cleanse your soul, right? That there's some impurity or some guilt that you're trying to exercise. And so by doing that, you're supporting a group of people who produce the products who are raping, pillaging, and plundering indigenous cultures and stripping everything of their quote unquote spiritual meaning. Now that's a mouthful. And to some extent, We've seen this happen in the West. It is not uncommon for that practice to occur, right? So like a lot of these things, they'll take a fragment of a truth and then they'll blow it up so that it's this all-encompassing um, paradigm. And it's just not, right? I know for a fact, and I've run across people who have had relationships with indigenous cultures who produce certain things and they treat them incredibly well. And they have a fiduciary relationship with these people. And if it wasn't for their connection to some of the things that they're growing and sourcing, their lifestyle would not be improved, right? Their ability to work with the products wouldn't be improved. So yes, there's exploitation. There's always been an exploitation and there will always be some form of exploitation. That happens, right? But again, just to you know, throw this into the blender, and say that everybody is doing it, it's just patently false. And then he continues, I believe it's a he, Andy the pirate, he continues to go through this and equate wellness to being a Nazi. Because of course, when you get into the binary relationship of right versus wrong, it comes down to Marxists and, and Leninists and communists versus fascists. I've been talking about this. 
right? They equate everything with Nazism and fascism. And of course, there's the whole stigmata of white culture that goes along with it. And you can see that in that thread. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, these are the people that, you know, when they really get down to, they're looking for somebody blaming. God damn it, it's the Jews, right? If it's not the Jews, it's the deep state. So we're, this is, we're just going to completely disqualify all of this. So I want to get back to that comment. But the other comment that I really um, was, was um, struck by was the last one. And it goes on and on. There's all kinds of uh, stuff here. Well, there's somebody, it looks like, because I had uh, Nate print this out uh, yesterday yeah. for me. Yeah. And it yeah. looks, somebody came in there and defended us. I don't, looks like that comment may have been removed. But what they said was, and I didn't do it, but uh, the response had to take 40 minutes to write. And it was equally as long about how just because somebody is, uh, in a conspiracy podcast doesn't necessarily equate to all these things that you're saying, like that just because there is a, uh, um, an a idea of a conspiracy doesn't necessarily make it the conspiracies that the Jewish people are whatever, you know? Um, and that, that seems to be deleted in this last thing we printed out. So I, 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 I that was, I thought interesting. Well, of course, they're, they're going to control the information in their environment, right? They, they want a certain narrative to be politicized. Yeah. So this is the comment that really got me. Damn it, this dude was the one who introduced me to CBD at Mueller, Mueller Farmer's Market. I thought he was a little weird, but definitely didn't get any shit person vibes. Good thing there are so many other shops now. To me, that's tragic. That's borderline tragic. Because obviously you had a, an interaction. I'm, I'm going to assume it's a guy. You had an interaction with the guy. You know, he might have thought you were a little bit different. You know, we're all a little bit fucking different, whatever. Right. But he didn't get any shit person vibes off of you, which meant that he trusted you. Right. And he probably liked your product. And what happened is that he got turned out in that Reddit conversation. Like that group thought, that group mind got into him and flipped some switches. And now all of a sudden he was convinced that you were a Nazi or a fascist. And therefore he can no longer be associated with your product. To me, that is the most tragic. That other comment about the, you know, the white supreme, like that's a bunch of bullshit. It's a little bit of a truth in terms of kind of this, you know, spiritual and kind of health elitism, which I said, again, I've experienced. It's a little bit of a truth and it conflates the truth and ju just, you know, basically takes a broad brush to everything. That's not tragic. That last comment really speaks to what's wrong with our society right now, right? The breakdown of trust and mutuality. And this group mind went in and basically reprogrammed him, right? Like you aren't towing the party line. And that's unfortunate. Well, I, I mean, I just try to really, we just advocate people doing CBD because I've just seen it changes people. You can get more in your body. And if you're in your body, you're not going to be willing to accept these sort of thought forms. Right. Yep. And the, because nobody can tell you your truth, right? Like, I, I don't know that there is your truth, but um, you can stop the trauma either from the past or the present moment 
so that you can start to feel, oh, this seems correct or, you know, and, or, and maybe slow it down enough to either do some research or um, it maybe to the medications that you're taking or to, uh, you know, whatever practices, your diet, et cetera. And, and that's what we want to do is just help people get restore balance for themselves. And other than that, you know, we can't stop this kind of crazy stuff. So it's interesting because there seems to be two strains of thought and commentary in that thread. There's one strain of thought and commentary, which is anti-alternative health and labeling it pseudoscience, right? Mm -hmm. And also equating it to white supremacy, fascism, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's another strain in there, which is, well, I use CBD and now I got to get it from another person because this guy is tainted, right? So it's really interesting. And maybe the people who are knocking the, the CBD as a pseudoscience, if they took CBD, perhaps for CBD, over a period of time, it might change their point of view. Maybe not. I don't know. But 60% of the meds until the 40s, 60% of the medications. And, and it, and it, I mean, we've certainly added a lot more but I don't know that the health of the American people is that much greater than it was in the 1940s. Well, I think there's a point to be made just by looking at body types in the 1940s. When you look at pictures for people in the 1940s, you don't see obesity. For sure. You, you don't see a lot of chunky people walking around. Sure. And sure. I'm not passing judgment on people that are big or overweight, but it's a byproduct of the diet and what they put in our foods and... Um, the lack of uh, activity in our lives. So, yeah, and that's the other thing too, right? Like how many people in that thread started off on Ritalin in high school or junior high, right? How many are on Zoloft or Paxil, right? I mean, we don't know that. Totally. And, and that's going to also alter how people interact with reality. Exactly. Your yeah. nervous system is the key modulator to uh, you know the ability to withstand any pressure or um, yeah, so that that's that's a good point. I, I see a lot of people come in on medications. Some of them uh, looking for alternatives. Some of them just you know just interested. We don't we don't add you know we don't tell people what to do. We just try to support people in whatever they're doing, and if they need information, sometimes we can direct them in certain ways. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, put your product on my site is number one, I know you, right? And we have a history and it's a good history and I've used your products and they're really good, especially the sleep gummies. And from a more universal perspective, you're, you're a small business, right? You're one guy living in Austin, couple employees, a lot of satellite relationships in terms of sourcing and processing. And I want to support that, right? We, you know, this is what we need to do because so many of our small businesses got knocked out during COVID. And I know you, even you had a hard time. Totally. Oh, we went down to zero revenue. We went down to like a thousand dollars a month in revenues for the first three or four months. And uh, that's when I started to get people to leave Google reviews. You know, we're not, it's, you can't actually market CBD online or, um, I, I don't know how people actually do it. There are some people that can do it. I would imagine they get some sort of pass. We do not. 
So, um, yeah, but it did. And, but we've, you know, we, we do 14 markets in Austin. We're very, very serious. We've expanded into, uh, San Antonio. We're also looking to get into Dallas and, um, just, you know, continuing to spread the gospel for us, which is CBD. Right. Or hemp actually. Well, anything that, uh, I can do, of course, I'm here to assist you and support you along the way, including yeah, your product that. on my well, site. I super, yeah, I appreciate that. And what we'd like to do is offer, you know, any of y'all's listeners or any of your listeners who uh, choose to try some of our products. First of all, we guarantee that they're the best products you've had or no problem. We give you your money back. Um, also, uh, use a code 15 minutes on a uh, $100 purchase or more, and we'll give you a uh, 200 milligram bottle, 222 milligram bottle of one of our uh, number 33 or whatever we have. If you buy a bottle of 33, we usually throw in something different. So I, I tend to, especially when we just start this, uh, um, make sure that all customers uh, that you send us are happy. You know, we, right. we have various other products that we end up in the boxes. Right. Cool. Well, that's great. Money back guarantee. That's old school, man. For sure. Remember, remember on TV, if you're not satisfied, there's a money back guarantee. Totally. Well, it, send, it, send it back. Yeah, totally. Well, it works. You know, we've probably given 40 refunds in six years. So we have given some, but I'm surprised how little. Yeah. 40 refunds over six years is nothing. Right. And you're always going to get somebody that's unsatisfied. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Can't please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we. No, it's so nice of you to have me. I want to thank you. And I super appreciate, you know, uh, you taking time to do this. And like I said, any of your listeners that come in, we'll make sure that we take care of them and uh, yeah, try our gummies. We have gummies have 1.5 milligrams of THC. They're like 40 milligrams of CBD and 10 in minors. They are they taste a lot like the plant. Yes. All, our pro all our products are super unique. And if you have any questions, just text or call the 512-265-6162 and we can talk about it. All CBD does the same thing. It's like shades of wine or, you know, different types of beer. People have preferences. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for being here and Thank thanks you. for sharing your story and, uh, Hopefully we'll be able to support you and support all the other individual businesses and small business owners and entrepreneurs. Cause we got to do it, man. I mean, you know, this is a stand. We have to make a stand on all these different fronts and supporting people that we appreciate and know and are actually creating products here in this country. I think it's paramount. So thank you for doing that. Thank you very much. All right, Chris, we'll see, we'll see yep. you later. Okay. Bye. Okay, that was uh, Christopher Lynch. True Hemp Science. It's kind of weird when I talk with the uh, earphones in. Can you, can you believe that shit? You're a white supremacist. You are a white supremacist if you take CBD because you're invested in your health. That thread is really pernicious because again, right? You see that guy at the end of the thread. He had a positive experience around Chris. Eh, a little different. We're all different, right? 
but he's like, hey, I like this guy. And he's, Chris is incredibly likable. Like he's a good dude. He buys the product. And then essentially what happens is he's shamed. Like he is shamed for liking the product because there's a bunch of ad hominem nefarious bullshit that's attached to him, the product, and potentially, you know, a lifestyle and a demographic. So therefore, he can't enjoy it anymore. It's a, it's a bunch of horse shit. You know, and this gets into what happened with the woman who runs libs of TikTok. It, it goes right back to the beginning of the show when I played the clip from The Outer Limits, which is the obit episode and social media has become incredibly divisive just incredibly twitter may be the most toxic of the social media platforms and even now and then man i have to like battle with my spirit on twitter i can't tell you how many times i wanted to say something and poke the bear and then deleted my tweet because i thought to myself this is fucking low vibration Every now and then I'll do it, but it's not like it's reflexive. I always think about, well, what am I going to, what am I going to reply to? How am I going to reply to this? Because I don't want to feed the beast. Now I'll tell you who else was a victim of this cancer, cancer culture, cancel culture was, um, was Joan, right? And this was during the, uh, the fever pitch of the pandemic. And we had figured out a way for her and her business to circumnavigate the mask thing. I don't want to really get into it. We'd figured out a way. And she had a young woman come into her office, right? And saw that people weren't wearing masks. And there was, in fact, a flyer form, rather, that signed, She signed, that people would sign, and we're consenting to essentially being a part of that experience. And by consenting to it, they were waiving their ability or liability, whatever, to wear a mask and also for the staff to, and the staff will wear masks when they're working on people. Of course they will, right? But if they're at the front desk or they're walking around doing a mold or something, right, they're not going to do that. So this woman caught wind of it and she stormed out of the office, right? So the reason she went there was because holistic, right? There, some of these people are into the holistic practice of medicine or dentistry, but they're into it as long as it fits their political shackles. And it didn't fit her political shackles. So what did she do? She ran onto Facebook and there was a whole group, I don't, know, I don't know if it's still there, but it was a whole group on Facebook that was dedicated to doxing businesses in Austin that weren't playing by the mask and or the vaccine rule, particularly the mask rule, whether it was a restaurant or a store or a dental office, they would gang up, they'd, they'd either go there, they'd go on the website and leave shitty reviews. I mean, it, it's, it was a fucking nightmare right just a nightmare and this is this is what they've created they've weaponized people to be 
judge, jury, jailer, and at certain times and points enforcer of a unwritten social code, unwritten, well, it is written if you read some of the communist doctrine, right? If you go in and read like Antonio Gramsci or you read Marx or to some degree Hegel, certainly Mao, you'll, you'll find that it is written, but it's unwritten in terms of, well, here's your directives, right? This is what you do. And this is what they've done. And this is the hive mind. This is the hive mind that has become incredibly dangerous. All right. Thanks for being here. Stay free. Stay out of the hive mind. I'll be back tomorrow with the Friday forecast. And uh, Michelle Gibson is going to be with us tomorrow. So that'll be a really good show. And I have another guest. We'll talk about the giant cone heads. A little bit of uh, X-Files tomorrow on the Friday forecast. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to step on what's possible. Check out Chris's products. Bye for now.